It's Vikings Packers week. It's Friday, and that means it's time to get bold. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everybody, welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can find the show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I sincerely hope you heard the rabbit chaos that is happening right now. Welcome to Lockdown Vikings. It is Friday. That means we got bold predictions coming up later in the show, as well as some bets in our You Betcha segment. But first, I, I think we just have to like truly preview this game because we didn't really do it in the crossover the way that we usually get to. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that crossover with Peter. If you didn't enjoy it, if it wasn't your cup of tea, don't worry. That's not going to that's not going to be the norm, I don't think. But uh, let's just talk like in generalities about this game. So here's the deal. I, I don't think the Vikings are taking this game as any sort of must win or anything like that. I don't think they're taking it as, you know, I, I think as fans, we're looking at this as crazy stakes because the uh, the the 49ers have a couple of really easy games. They got Raiders and I think Rams or maybe Cardinals. And they would have to lose one of those for the Vikings taking a loss here to not cost them the two seed. And then, of course, you also have an outside shot at the one seed, depending on what happens with Gardner Minshew uh, and the Eagles, which I mean, backup quarterback, right? Anything can happen even against the Saints, who are kind of surging, actually, recently. So, yeah, uh, there's clearly some stakes, but the Vikings have obviously kind of taken their foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, in this season, trying to get people rested up, working in young guys a little bit more. And I, we've talked about it a lot. I think I agree with that. Um, so for me, this game is going to be a lot more about watching young guys. I'm going to watch, you know, Asezi Atomowo. And let's take a really good look at Brian Asamoah or Duke Shelley. If you want, by the way, uh, patreon.com slash NFL. In the last couple of weeks, I've done an Asamoah episode, which is now free to watch, and a uh, Duke Shelley episode, which will be free to watch after this coming game. Um, if you want to know more about kind of what I think about those guys, but I, I I don't hate it. Um, but you know, young guys like that, give me a little more metallic, maybe give some old guy rest to Harrison Smith, that kind of thing. It's okay. Um, you know, you're not taking them all, all out, but, uh, one drive, right? Not going to be the end of the world. Um, that said, the Vikings are fairly healthy headed into this game. Their only significant injuries are to Garrett Bradbury, who has been out. This would be his, this will probably be his fourth straight game. And uh, James Lynch, who is a rotational guy behind Jonathan Bullard, but that defensive tackle kind of uh, big guy depth is getting tested. You have, of course, Kyrus Tonga, who has been rotating in for Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. Maybe you get more out of him. Maybe you'll see a little bit more Otomowo with that, right? And getting some run on those young guys will be pretty exciting. Um, The other thing that's really interesting, so Cam Dantzler wasn't on the practice report anymore, for uh, Thursday. And that means that he's as healthy as he can get there with that ankle injury. And that, that tells us, all right, he's going to be good to go. Um, so does he start? And the Vikings have been pretty cagey about it. And if I were a coach, even if I were a hundred percent sure who was going to start, I'd be cagey about it to the media just to throw off my opponent. So I think actions will speak louder than words here. And I don't know what's going to happen, but in, 
in watching more Duke Shelley uh, for the Patreon video, I kind of came away a lot more happy, a lot more satisfied, I guess, than I was on the live watch, which is what I was talking from, you know, earlier in the week. Uh, watching it, he his mistakes were a lot more little than I thought, even though it seemed like he gave up a lot of catches, but they were all on little mistakes that won't give up the catch every time. And I felt a little bit, uh, a little more secure in that. And so the idea of Duke Shelley just earning the start doesn't feel as outlandish to me. Although, I don't know, I, I still kind of feel like Dantzler should get it if I had to pick, but I would certainly understand if they went with Duke Shelley. I guess that's where I'm at on that. And on the other side, um, you know, the Packers have had a couple of, of banged up players. They're a little banged up on the offensive line. Peter talked about that yesterday, if you made it to that point in the show. Um, but the big one that I'm watching is Christian Watson. Obviously, he's been this super exciting player. He's been all the headlines in in Green Bay. Um, he's had, uh, this is going to be a very funny thing to say, considering our conversation yesterday, an unsustainable touchdown rate. Um, and I think that's contributing to a lot of extra hype, kind of like the Chase Claypool rookie year was. Um, and then he sort of evened out into like a fine player, but just like a dude. Um, and maybe Christian Watson's there, or maybe he's really coming on. And I was kind of excited to get a, a, a true look at him, but he hasn't been practicing all week. So maybe that isn't what will happen. So I'm curious to see what happens with the injury report there. But here's my idea of the Packers. And I'll be honest, primetime games and Vikings games is most of what I've watched with the Packers. I watched their London game and a couple other ones, but usually I'm watching the Vikings when they're on. So if I'm wrong about this, I'm sure Packers fans will be champing at the bit to let me know. But to me, they seem like they're still a little bit of a Mickey Mouse offense. Um, a lot of, you know, bubble screens and RPOs and things you do to protect a quarterback, not things you do when you have a Hall of Famer at quarterback. And I've always found that very curious. Like, why are you doing that with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe it is just age. Okay, he's washed. We're done with him. But that's always been curious to me. And if you do that, that really plays into the cornerbacks that we have. Duke Shelley is very comfortable playing nine yards off and triggering downhill when he sees a bubble screen. And Patrick Peterson's a veteran. He's seen that 10 million times. He's comfortable with that, too. So you're kind of playing right into the strengths of the cornerbacks that are usually the people that get picked on or that have to be like protected schematically. So I don't know if if Christian Watson doesn't play do the Packers fall back into that habit? And if so, I have a, I have trouble seeing how they move the ball through the air. Maybe they can get a run game going and move the ball that way. But that's where I'm at. And then on the other side of the ball, um, Eric Stokes on IR. I didn't even know that yesterday. Uh, and then you have like Rasul Douglas and of course Jair Alexander. But Jair Alexander kind of said, hey, you know, we're not going to put too much on Jefferson or whatever. And I think he was just kind of trying to gas up their team like, hey, Jefferson's not this like crazy guy that is going to, you know, change everything about the way we play. We're going to play our game and and what happens will happen, which I think is an admirable way to look at it. But it's also not the kind of thing you would say if you were told, hey, you're shadowing Jefferson today. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to get that again. Um, I, I th just reading the tea leaves a little bit. I don't think we get JJ versus Jair. And that means you get JJ versus guys who aren't Jair. And uh, if you look at the other guys who aren't Jair on that defense, feels like a decent opportunity for a JJ day, weather permitting, right? Of course, if it's too cold to throw or whatever, that'll affect things. Um, but I, I, I see the path to victory here for the Vikings. Whether or not they take it is anyone's guess, but I see the path. I see what the game has to look like. And, I, and it's been games that they've had before. Um, 
where if they can kind of deny the Packers that RPO behind the line of scrimmage bubble screen kind of bread and butter that they love. And if they can fit the run even just okay, it's going to be really hard for the Packers to get production going. They're going to have to really pull some rabbits out of hats. And uh, Rodgers is plenty good at that, but is he still plenty good at that? I'm not quite sure. But hey, they'll be playing like cornered animals, right? Because they need this. They're eliminated. This is a playoff game for them. And it's not a playoff game for the Vikings. And ultimately, when you get into that situation, I always have a tough time counting the cornered animal team out, even if they're way worse than I think the Packers are. And I think the Packers are about a 500 team, which is appropriate. They're seven and eight. Um, hey, look, we've got some bets, though, to get into. And of course, your bold predictions. So uh, we'll get into that. But hey, first, look. It's uh, New Year's coming up, and I hope you all have a happy New Year. This is actually the last time we get to talk in the year of our Lord 2022. And if you're going to go out and maybe party, maybe imbibe a little bit, maybe uh, light up a plant or two, if you will, uh, don't drive. Go ahead. Have fun. Be responsible. Do not get behind the wheel. Everybody knows that you are high. A lot of people are like, I'm a better driver when I'm high. No, you're not. It's That's not true. You just feel like you are because marijuana is, in particular changes the way that space and time like occur to you and the way that you perceive them. And you're going to feel like you're a better driver, but you're not. Cops can tell. Your parents can tell. Your friends can tell. And you're not that slick. So don't do it. It's a DUI and it's mega unsafe. Do not do it. All right. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. Uh, that is the flagship show here on the Locked On Network, talking about all things sports in the wide world. Biggest news, biggest headlines. Also, check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash NFL if you get time to watch some tape breakdowns. It's time for the You Betcha Grambling segment. This is where we talk about some grambles that I did last week, see how I did, and then we'll talk about some grambles that I would love to do this week. Last week, I did pretty well. Hit three for four. I had both teams over 19 and a half, 19 and a half at minus 114. That has been an absolute slam dunk all year. We hit it there. We also had Justin Jefferson over 92.5. That hit. JJ overs have been absolute slam dunks as well. And we had a Kirk over. Kirk Cousins over 267.5. That one hit as well. The only one I didn't hit was first score touchdown. No, which was plus 118. I liked the odds there being over two to one. I thought it was worth a shot. Didn't hit it, but we still had a profitable week. So I will take that. Let's move on to this week. And I'm taking another JJ over, 95.5 this time. Um, I'm just going to keep hitting those JJ overs, honestly. He's getting like 125 a game, and his over-unders will like not go over 100 yards. And Vegas won't want to put them over 100 yards because way too many people hit the under, and then that's like not the kind of balance that they want. And I think you could just like exploit that because he is getting over 100 yards a game. It's just 100 because it's got three digits in it, even though that's an arbitrary number. Like There's no difference... There's just as much difference between the 99 and 100th yard as there is between the, you know, 67 and 68th. But because it's three digits, it changes the way people bet it. And so Vegas is going to respond to that. But we don't have to. Uh, I love it. So I'm just going to keep slamming JJ overs till they stop hitting. Um, I'm also going to hit both teams over 24 and a half. Kind of the same bet I did last week, but I'm going a little bit crazier on it because that's at plus 280. Almost four times 
your money if you hit it. Uh, that uh, I'll throw a half unit on it. Like you don't need to go crazy on that. This is a total flyer, but I like the odds. I talked to Peter about it yesterday. This feels like an over game, over forty seven and a half, uh, or at least it was that last time I looked at it. And uh, it feels like the Vikings can move the ball on this defense, and anyone can move the ball on the Vikings defense. Over twenty four and a half for both teams feels. Better than almost four to one. It doesn't feel like any sure bet. Doesn't feel like it's over 50 50. That's a lot of points for both teams, but I like the odds there. Um, and the payout is good enough where just throwing a half a unit is good enough for me. Um, also, I like this is a weird one Minnesota to score on their first drive. Um, this is something of a coin flip deal, but it's score, not score a touchdown, but it's score. Um, by the way, all of these lines are available at Bet Online. So the Vikings have been fantastic on their first drives this year. And with the struggles on defense that the Packers have been having, even ignoring that the Packers defense is on a little bit of a hot streak right now, I like the I, the chances of the Vikings getting down the field, at least getting into field goal range. Um, and then the last bet that I'm going to take is Aaron Rodgers under 237.7 yards. This is me kind of buying into that like uh, Mickey Mouse stuff that I was talking about in the first segment. And I think w if it's cold and if the Vikings are playing the off coverage that they want to play, to me, knowing what I know about the Packers, that will turn them into a run game team. And you're just not going to see a lot of volume. So I liked an Aaron Rodgers under there. As you will notice, not included in here is that very controversial three and a half point spread. Um, betters are hitting the Vikings a little more than they are hitting the Packers on that plus three and a half. That might just be because of the hook point, right? Because the three and a half, you know, if the uh, Vikings win by a field goal, you still cover. Um, and that's a very common outcome. But I just don't feel confident in that because, A, I don't know exactly how much the Vikings are going to be willing to reveal schematically. Are they going to use any cool tricks? This isn't exactly the kind of game where you you know you bust out your cool subversion, right? Maybe it is because it's a rivalry game, but like I don't know and I don't feel comfortable enough in that. And hey, on the road in the division is always going to be tough. And maybe even if you think, hey, the Vikings really should be favored here, um, I will very rarely bet on road division teams that's a very difficult game to win no matter who you are whether your division rival is like the texans or the chiefs it's just kind of always difficult um so i tend to shy away from those I, I recommend that you do too uh that doesn't like if i had to pick the game i probably would pick the vikings to like win and cover but I, not with like this crazy degree of confidence, right? Which I know it kind of goes against the conversation I had with uh, Peter yesterday, but it's that conversation was not will the Vikings win or will they lose? It was a, a much larger thing that I don't think the outcome of this game really has any more bearing on than any other singular game in this season. And, and I hope that people can kind of see that conversation for what it is and not see it as a glorified prediction segment. Um, I, we did have predictions in it cause that's what we do on crossover Thursday, but you know, I hope that people don't see it as any different than any other prediction that I make on crossover Thursdays, which I usually <laughs> think about for about 10 seconds before I do. So, uh, you know, grain of salt. Hey, we got bold predictions coming up. Um, but first let me tell you where to get all of those lines and much, much more. That is at bet online bet online is your one-stop shop for all things. Grambling. You can find, 
uh, props like the ones that I went over. You can find more player props for just about anybody. You can find bets right in the middle, bet on the next play, bet on the next drive. Um, you can bet on the next quarter, anything like that. And it's not just football. Of course it's basketball, it's hockey, it's baseball. When that's in season, it's tennis, it's anything you can find. So go on to bet online, go explore that website. Once again, that is betonline.net where the game starts. It's time to get uh, <laughs> bold. <laughs> I apologize to your ears. It's the bold prediction segment, and these are just going to keep getting weirder till morale improves. This is where you send me your weirdest predictions, and I enjoy uh, reading them out loud and then talking about next week how they're wrong. And that's what we're going to start with. Everybody who's wrong week 16, get owned, everybody. I'm just kidding. There's no shame in getting a bold prediction wrong. I think if you get it right, you weren't bold enough, right? First one came from Mir Gondo, who said that the Vikings with their white uniforms would attempt a trick play where a Viking would lay down in the white end zone and use the camouflage to try to get a lateral. Uh, absolutely loved the spirit of that one. Didn't hit. Uh, Spencer Landsteiner says that Shannon Sullivan would get two defensive touchdowns. Of course, just a reference to the Colts game and the two uh, overturned touchdowns, but we didn't get there. Cirque Rick said that in a revenge game for the 41-0 playoff debacle, this time will be up 14-0 before the Giants touch the ball. Um, the Vikings did get out to a 10-0 lead, but we didn't get very close to that particular thing. Squeaks said the JJ wouldn't break the Vikings franchise franchise receiving record against the giants. Uh, he was 10 yards away from breaking that. And his first catch was a 25 yard one. Uh, or maybe was there another catch? Was there like a, maybe there's like a one yard catch in there that I'm forgetting, but he got a 25 yard catch and that, that sealed it. Uh, school actuary said that Slayton would have more receiving yards in his biggest play than the rest of the giants have combined. Actually, Richie James led the giants in receiving, which, Says a couple things. <laughs> and then John Wilson Bennett said that Justin Jefferson would throw a touchdown pass in the game and that we would score more touchdowns than we punt. Obviously, we didn't get there. We didn't have the blowout win we were so hoping for. What a great week it would be to have that. Uh, week 17, let's move on. The first one comes from Kirk Crusader, who says that Justin Jefferson will break the all-time receiving yards record, going for 16, 209, and 2. I'm going to keep... Uh, I'm, I'm going to... Treat those as at least, and I'm actually going to take the two touchdowns out of there. That's not it. Uh, I'll, I really, you know what? It's the yards. He's going to go for 209, is what you're uh, predicting here. That's more than double his over under. That's plenty bull, and he will break the all time receiving record. That'd be super cool to do because then it'd be in 16 games. You don't have to say, oh, well, you know, it was, took 17 games because he had to break the record, and really it's still Calvin Johnson's and stuff. Um, I still will absolutely take it in 17 games if he can do that, but breaking it in one go against the Packers in Lambeau in the winter when that's supposed to be this like impossibly hard place to throw the ball would be very sick. I am very much rooting for this one. We will party hard. Uh, JV Swaps said that Zadarius Smith would score more touchdowns than Christian Watson. Absolutely love the spirit of this one. I will say if Christian Watson is inactive, I'm washing this one away and we will call it a, we will call it a void. Um, he's got to play, right? You can't, you can't do it on injury with one like this. We will have one later. I'll, I'll say it. My uncle, hey, Gary, uh, hope you had a great Christmas, says that Aaron Rodgers will not finish the game. I will accept this one if it is because of injury. I think that's part of it, right? Because he's playing on a knee and he's got this thumb soreness and there's a lot of different ways to do this. If this is a blowout game on either side, if this is just a really one-sided game, 
Um, I could definitely see Aaron Rodgers coming out of it early just because uh, he's an old guy. And especially like if if the Packers are up by a lot, like if it's a blowout Packer win, I could absolutely see Aaron Rodgers coming out because, okay, now we're really going to need you week 18, right? Because they need to win. And okay, now we're alive. We really need you week 18. So I could see, you know, the regular bumps and bruises sort of having that impact here on Aaron Rodgers, which is why I love this prediction. But you also just have the world where, like, he just gets a real injury or something or the world where, you know, the Vikings are winning in a blowout and Aaron Rodgers gets pulled, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I see a lot of different ways, all very unlikely, but a lot of different unlikely paths for this one to cash. Thursky says that JJ, TJ, KJ, AJ, Dylan, he says, and CJ all score touchdowns. So that's Justin Jefferson, TJ Atkinson, KJ Osborne, CJ Hammond, and then on the Packers side, AJ Dillon. Absolutely love it. We have a five touchdown parlay, very bold, and there's a lot of J's in there. Uh, Goggles said, says in the ultimate Duke Shelley game, he gets mossed for the game tying TD late in the fourth, only to find redemption with a pick six in OT. Um, okay, so as usual, I will not hold you to the specifics of that, but I will hold you to the spirit of that. We need a BB-like story. If you remember Chad BB last year, the game against Carolina, where he just had this total bozo thing where he it was his fault. I think it was a turnover. It was a muffed punt, maybe. Uh, and it was his fault that the Panthers got ahead, and then he scored the, the touchdown that brought the Vikings back ahead. We need that kind of story where it's like Duke Shelley's fault that the Vikings fall behind, and then Duke Shelley is the reason that they ultimately win. And I, and I need it to be, like, very direct, right? This can't be a thing I find sort of subtly on tape later and justify. This needs to be, like, direct. We all see it on TV, and it's all we talk about. Uh, and then finally, Bradley Knorr says, with O'Connell resting starters and giving young guys work, every backup that plays for the Vikings is has a memorable game-defining play. Um, this is one of those we'll have to kind of come back around to and see. And just sort of make a judgment call at after the fact on was that a memorable game-defining play or not? What's a backup? All that stuff. Um, Bradley basically let me kind of defer to me on what a backup counts as. And I'm going with not a rotational guy, but like a true backup. So we're not talking about, you know, Jonathan Bullard wouldn't count. But Kairos Tonga does, right? Um, Asesia Tomowo does. Brian Asamoa does, because usually that's Hicks and Kendricks, even though he's been folding in more. I still see him right now as a backup more than a rotational player. But somebody like CJ Ham, somebody like, you know, Johnny Munt, well, he's in every time there's 12 personnel, right? So I, he's not a backup uh, so much as he is like a role player. So I'll be a little stricter with my definition of what a backup is, but in terms of what their memorable plays are, I mean, it's got to be something visible in public that we immediately think of, right? Uh, but I'll certainly keep an open-ish mind on that. Um, I hope you all have a great new year. Enjoy the Packer game, all right? Enjoy that time, especially if you're one of those split households that loves to watch it, you know, together and talk trash and stuff. That's always great. Best time of the year when it's Packer week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about whatever happens in the game. We'll keep going here, all right? Find me on Patreon. I'm really happy with the stuff I put out on this Giants game. Uh, so I, I hope you all can join me for that. I will see you all next year. My goodness. Happy New Year, everybody. And as always, Skull.